0: Well, let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you once again for who you are, for bringing us safely to the end of another year. We thank you, Lord, that you hold our lot, that you are faithful, that you have watched over our going in and out, that you have fed us fresh bread day by day by day. And Lord, as we come to the end of this year, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that we may see and behold wondrous things from your word, that we may see and behold you. Lord, without you, we're blind and we're walking in darkness. Our heart's desire is to know you and to walk in the light as you are in the light and to be a light everywhere we go. Lord, I yield myself to you. And I pray that you would take these words and that, they, and that you would use them because they're your words. It's all about you. I choose to hide myself in you and that they and myself would see you and behold you and be changed from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Andrew if you would put up the slide Our text for today is found in Proverbs Do the, the do the first one the top one The the first slide Yeah One with the little felines. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love when a plan comes together and that's it. There we are. So, our text for this morning is found in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So you just saw the glimpse there. But something happens when we come into the presence of the Lord or He reveals Himself to us. And now you may go to the second slide. And that's this. The first one, nah, there's there's no problem with that. Aren't they cute? Aren't they cuddly? Yeah, I could take it or leave it. These guys. No, I'm I'm talking about now coming out of the prayer room. So just let me give you a a, a quick Example that kind of speaks to that from the scripture. Most of us are familiar with Isaiah the prophet. In Isaiah 6, King Uzziah dies. Isaiah has a vision about the Lord. The very first thing he sees, what he says when he sees the Lord, is Woe to me, I'm lost. He's undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. He knew, he knows exactly what he was made of and what his spiritual condition was. You can keep that slide up there, by the way. Because that's the takeaway from today's message. If you remember nothing else, because the word of God is active, I want to say to you that because of Christ, you are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And we're going to delve into that a little bit more. But the one Takeaway, if you will, is that the righteous are as bold as a lion. So going back to Isaiah and he realizes his condition and he's unpacked like a suitcase with laundry all over the place. He's undone. What does the Lord do? This is crucial. The Lord takes action in his behalf, dispatches a cherubim with coals to his lips and says, now you've been made clean. You've been cleansed. And what happens after that? The Lord asks a question. He says, who will go for us? What does Isaiah say? Here I am. Here I am. Send me. Send me. What just happened? We go from woe is me to here I am. Send me. Send me. There was a lot that happened right there. We are so accustomed to, I, I dare say, we get used to this righteousness. And part of what I believe the Lord wants to do is give us a greater appreciation of what he did for us, who we are in him, and what that looks like going forth. Just that, just going for, I, I just can't wrap my head around that, but it just is so powerful to go from that place of being, woe is me, I'm lost and I'm undone, to where Christ takes the action and says, now you're clean, you've been forgiven. And now the response, here am I, openness of heart. And do you see, He it it went from fear and trepidation and oh my gosh, this is the end. There's no way this looks good. To God taking the action, and now he has a confidence and a boldness that is unshakable. And he goes and does a job of being a prophet to Israel, who are a people that are stiff necked and didn't want to hear. But that didn't phase him, his heart was changed. Because he had an encounter with the Lord. The righteous are as bold as a lion. You're going to hear that throughout this message today. And I pray that going into this new year, you know what? Five words from the Lord, six words, whatever the Lord says, is more powerful than a thousand sermons. And so I say to you, the righteous are as bold as a lion. What this verse, so let me remove a a misunderstanding here, per se, and that is this. When Proverbs says that the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, and the righteous are as bold as a lion, it doesn't mean there are no bold, wicked people. And that there are no times when the righteous become timid. It means, though, in general, that there is something about wickedness that leads to fear and something about righteousness that leads to boldness. And that boldness, you know, when it talks about that boldness that the wicked display, it's a boldness that leads to their demise, to their destruction. It's reckless. They go off, they go off half-cocked like some kind of spiritual John Wayne, not knowing that it does not end well. That's not the boldness that the righteous have. The boldness that the righteous have is a boldness that is rooted, and that's another thing. This boldness is not just some kind of a nice option. This is a part of who we are in Christ. This is part of our divine nature. And w- w- dare I say we need to grow in that? When I, uh, when I was a boss at, at, at the work, when I accepted the position of being a supervisor, I was with a little intrepidation. And part of the reason was that I didn't like to be confrontational. And there were areas in my life that were just not matured, okay? And so what did the Lord do? I found favor with the boss. He put me in the position of a supervisor. And I said, well, Lord, I I don't want to misuse this authority. I don't want to, you know, I just don't want to... And he said, okay, here's... And he, so basically what happened though is I had opportunities and he said, you know what, as long as your heart is right... And you go into it first with mercy. And if they don't want mercy, then they can receive their just dues if they don't want to respond in the right way to you showing them mercy. But in the, in the whole thing, the Lord grew me up in the areas where I had to be confrontational and bold. I, I don't like confrontational because I, I just have to say it's like I don't put them on my 10 best memories list. But there's a reason and there's a purpose in the being bold and that's to accomplish a goal and to accomplish a purpose. So in the, in the boldness that, that we have, it's a, it's a right standing with God. Um, so, going, so going further into this, one of the questions that hit me at the outset was why, why the lion? You know, he says the righteous are as bold as the lion. He makes this great picture. So I thought to myself, oh, why not the kitty cat? Why not the zebra? Why not the giraffe? Well, in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 29 and 30, we find these words. Three things are stately in their tread. Four are stately in their stride. Whoa. The lion, which is mightiest among beasts and does not turn back before any. That's why he chose. He knew exactly what he wanted to say when he said the righteous are as bold as a the lion. They're stately in their tread. They're They're stately in their stride. That means they walk not in an arrogance, but they walk in a confidence. And I tell you, this boldness is not some kind of independent, well, nice option if you want it, but if you don't, no. These bold, wicked people hate the light. The enemy hates the light. He wants to snuff out the light. He wants the light to be ineffective. He doesn't want the light to expose. He wants to contain or neutralize it or put it out. So before I go another step further, what's important is that we don't lose the why in this. And I want to take you to a set of scriptures in Ephesians chapter 3 and in Ephesians chapter 3 Paul speaks of a mystery and this mystery has been hidden for ages and now Paul talks about it's being revealed so what what is the mystery that Paul is speaking about in Ephesians chapter 3 It says, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers. There we hear that word again. Partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me. This is Paul saying this now. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints. Paul recognizes where this boldness, he recognizes where his strength is. He recognizes where he gets the the stamina. you, You fill it in to the courage, the confidence, the boldness, the security to go forward no matter what was hurled at him. I dare say, how many of us would pursue the life that he did? You know, the prophet came to him, bound his hands in a girdle, and he said, this is what what awaits you. And I could just see myself, hmm, let me think about this for a minute. Was that Paul's response? No! Paul was undaunted. He said, I'm going forward. He knew who called me. He knew who held his lot. He knew that what he was going to do was the will of God, and every step along the way there were going to be profound results to the glory of God. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given me. You're in good company. This is Paul saying, the least of of all the saints. And you're a prime candidate. Somewhere in 2 Corinthians it says God takes the weak things the insignificant things and he uses them to make his point exclamation. To me though I am the very least of all the saints this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know what? There'll never come a day when you run out of talking about things to say about God. Never! Ever! Ever! Unsearchable riches. We haven't even begun to delve into this. Unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone. To bring to light. When you walk out there, you're light in the midst of darkness. There are people that are lost. There are people who don't want to know the truth. There are people who just assume put out the flame and not be around you because they're exposed. And they know it. But we are not of the dark. We are of the light. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages. That's a long time. In God who created all things, so that through the church, through what? Through us, the church. The wisdom of God might be made known to, uh-oh, to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay, this is going to get nasty. No. This boldness leads to courage, which leads to life. This is not boldness to destruction. This is boldness to live into. Boldness to live into. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. I like the way he just wrapped all of that up because they all tie together. And that's the thing that I wanted to say is that boldness is not something that stands independent. This boldness And just let me define it for you quickly. In the Old Testament, the word boldness means to trust in, to be confident, and to be secure. And in the New Testament, and I'm not trying to draw a delineation, but in the New Testament, and I think they fit like a hand in a glove, both of them together. Definition of boldness in the New Testament. Freedom in speaking. Unreservedness in speech. This righteousness has its roots and is grounded in the righteousness of Christ and the perfect work of the cross. This righteousness is rooted, um, excuse me, this boldness is also rooted and grounded in the love of God. Think about the heart. Behind the actions that he took whether it was Isaiah or whether it was or whether it was um, Paul or even Peter and John the heart behind the words that this love compelled him he purposed and nothing was going to stop him from demonstrating that love so when it talks about the boldness In the very next verse in 1 John 4, it says, perfect love casts out fear. So this love is well, excuse me, this boldness is well connected and has its roots in Christ, has its roots in his righteousness, has its roots in the finished work in the cross where he made the payment in full for all of our sins. As a matter of fact, there's a verse in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 that I've come to greatly appreciate. In this verse, it talks about him ransoming us from futile ways. That word futile means no matter what you do, there's no results. Nothing's going to happen out of it. There will be no gain. There will be no profit. There will be no nothing. Just futility. What can be more frustrating than living day after day, living in futility, just surviving, just kind of going on? Then we wonder why there's such a high suicide rate or we see what's going on out in the world. And we have the opportunity to do two things, to Three, to let our light shine, first of all, in us, that God deal with our hearts. Secondly, to go up and light up. It says, let that light shine that's within you. And then thirdly, to make, to make it known. You know, when, when Philip, in the story, in Acts where he was translated and went out into the desert place and there was the, the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot. Um, God told him, hey, go over to that man. Philip didn't say, oh, let me pray about that. Let me think about this. Let me see if it's the Lord. He had a relationship to where when God said go, it said his first response was, it says he ran. He ran to the chariot. Peter and John, you know, when they spoke in boldness, 5,000 people came to the Lord. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were furious. And they said, shut up, we don't want to hear another word. They didn't cower, they didn't back down. They spoke the truth in the face of the opposition And you know what their response was? It says they couldn't answer. Found in Acts chapter 4. The other thing though that happened was that these men realized that the Pharisees and Sadducees, they realized that, man, these are unlearned men. And they're bold. What got into them? They didn't even hear the explanation that was just given, that it was Jesus Christ. And I tell you that Jesus Christ, as the judge of the living and the dead, that he saw our plight, he came from behind the bench, came out here and said, Father, I'm going to be their advocate. And I will pay in full the price for them. So, I had a lot of different scriptures here, but I just want to pick out a couple. So, in, in Christ, in Colossians 3, it says, Our life is hidden with Christ in God. 1 John 4. There's a verse there in verse 17 that says, As he is, so are we in heaven. No, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, if that doesn't do something for your standing before God, when he looks at you as he is, so are we right now in this world. We all have good days, we all have bad days, we all have days we just don't want to remember. But it says, because of the blood of Christ, that's the qualifying factor. As he is, so are we in this world. The second thing then, because of this, this let me just say this, the word righteous, what that means is that there is a judge who dispensed Justice and what this judge did, he vindicated us. That's what it talks about. It talks about the execution of justice, and it was that would have been our demise. It makes me think of a song by by Big Daddy Weave. Where he, talk, where he says there's a line in that song where justice was served and where mercy wins. I like that. Because the end result is that we, we, God does not want us to come before him cowering and like in the Wizard of Oz when you saw Dorothy and the lion and the tin man and the scarecrow. Whoa! No! Because He's made us righteous. We can come into His arms in confidence. We can enjoy His company. And He is not putting up with us. He's not tolerating us. And you know what? In talking about this righteousness and this boldness, it's not like these are cold, clinical, emotionless business transactions. No! All of this is undergirded, this boldness has its undergirded in God's love and his longing for us to be reunited with him and to live into. How many times have we heard this year about living into what we have in him? And I dare say that this is the year where every place in which your foot shall tread. You know, God wanted that for Israel so bad. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. This was not just a New Testament thing. There we got it in Joshua 1. He repeated four times, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I'm with you and because I've given you my word. And now here in the New Testament and not just reserved for a select few in the Old Testament, he's given us his Holy Spirit. He says, He says, I will pray, I will ask the Father. You know what, I'm so glad that he prayed and he said, I will send. Is there any question that if God says, I will ask the Father and he will give? That's money in the bank, folks. He will send you another helper. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as the lion. And you know what, so without the righteous, without being righteous and having this right standing with God, these other things are not going to happen. It's paramount. Psalm 24 talks about who will ascend the hill of the Lord? You're not even going to be on the same turf if you're not right with God. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? And what happens when they get up there? They will obtain the blessing. That blessing is his presence. That blessing is him speaking into our lives. So he sends us another helper. The Holy Spirit. He is crucial. And what does he do? The Father says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I have given you the Holy Spirit. This spirit is a spirit that is of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, this boldness is not just a commodity, so to speak, an equality. It's, it's found in the person of the Holy Spirit, it's found in the nature of the Godhead. And when we become partakers of this divine nature and we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, guess what? That's a whole completely different field of play. Now everything has new meaning. Everything has new life. Because everything that that pertains to life and godliness and empowering by that, he he will instruct, he will teach, he will bring to our remembrance, he will convict, and he will perform the signs and wonders that go along with what he says. We see in Paul's life, just like the lion, Paul never backed down. He was a finisher. And what God starts in you, God will finish in you. Remember that Proverbs thirty. 29 and 30 verse there they don't back down oh in case I didn't say it I'll just repeat it and if I if I repeat it but it, I think it's worth repeating the the Sadducees and the Pharisees when they brought Paul excuse me when they brought Peter and James Peter and John before him they so sur- they were surrounded on every side by these guys kind of like here but they were surrounded on all sides And the thing is that when they spoke with the truth, the Sadducees and the Pharisees could not respond. They could not give an answer to the truth. In Colossians, there is a verse that says, we can do nothing against the truth, only for it. The best that they could do is try to suppress it, but they cannot and will not stop the truth from prevailing. So there's another component that I want to bring forward in this and that is and that is the word of God. And I've been thinking a lot about this set of verses where it says my words are spirit. This is Jesus talking in John 6. He says my words are spirit and they are life. The flesh profits nothing. So when the Lord gives you a word in your quiet time, when you hear a prophetic word on Sunday morning, when there's something in a song that clicks, that the light goes on in your spirit, seize it. Make it your own. Don't let go of it. Wrap yourself in it. Walk in it. Speak it to yourself. My words are spirit and they are life. And If there's an area where you've been, there is no life or you're disappointed with, do this very thing. See, I like this verse, this set of verses in in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. By the mercies of God. We can't do it on our own. By the mercies of God, which he demonstrated for us. By the mercies of God, offer yourself a living sacrifice. Surrender yourself to the word. Give him access It says, which is our reasonable worship. And then secondly, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That word, I love it. It has the power to recalibrate, to transform my heart, to transform my mind, that I don't have to stay where I was. This is what I'm going to be, and this is who I am. We all have days where we don't feel anointed. We all have days where we don't feel like we have much of a light. But that's not what the Word says. And so by faith, we can appropriate, make those declarations to what the Word says. And in in a short answer, I am what I am by the grace of God. I can be bold. He's given me His Spirit. And He is not only with me, He's in me. And watch what He will do. In Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, one of my favorite set of verses, and I would just encourage you to pack in your spiritual quiver some arrows to the areas that you want to, in this thing of boldness. And so, and, and, and to this point here that I just made, Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways, or woman, By taking heed thereto according to thy word. See, I like that. How I carry myself. What I say, what I do, what I don't do. It it has the power to cleanse my ways. That is such an encouraging thing. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I treasured up in my heart that I might not miss the mark. There is a confidence, there's a boldness that comes when you hit the target. And that target is the Lord, and that target is coming to Him. Now, just for good measure, I'm going to give you this verse from Hebrews chapter 4. We have not a high priest who can't be touched by our infirmities, but in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly before His throne that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There is something, I'll tell you what, when God gives you an invitation, if you needed encouragement, having an invitation from God, there is nothing like an invitation from God to say, son, come here. Come on, let's sit down have a talk. Let's you and me have a time out together. Not time out in a bad way. I'm talking time out in a. <laughs> that, is, that is so powerful about the Word of God and it being able to recalibrate our thinking. And one other thing that I want to just speak to. And that's the whole idea. Paul, when he talked about revealing and and the light shining, he told the people in Ephesus that he was writing to, he told them, because of what's going on in my life, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. And I want to say to us this morning, let us be careful that we do not lose heart. We play to win. We only lose if we quit. And so the very next thing that Paul does after he says, don't lose heart, what does he do? He prays. And that's the last thing that I want to close with and then a, a set of verses. Because of the righteousness of Christ, because of the Holy Spirit, we can pray bold prayers. And Paul prays a bold prayer. He prays a bold prayer at the beginning of Ephesians 1 where he says, open our eyes that we can see, that we can take in. So he prays this prayer and then he finishes that prayer by saying, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. But don't lose heart because if we don't see the answer right away. Don't lose heart because the wicked seem to be prospering and they're getting away with bloody murder. Don't lose heart and let the why question become a stumbling block. You know, there is a bigger picture and God knows the struggle, but I also know that in that prayer, God knows how to sustain. When Jesus taught the parable of the widow and the judge at the outset he said men ought always to pray and not lose heart. I tell you there is something powerful transpiring when we seek his face in prayer when we come boldly it says in 1 John chapter 5 This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything in accordance with his will, he hears us. That's not Russian roulette. If we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Whatsoever we ask. And just one last thing. You may think, oh, the mountain's too big? Or there's, there's, you know, you may feel like you're outnumbered. But I tell you the truth, that when we partner up with God, when we take that stand in boldness, you and God are the majority. The effectual, it says in James, the effectual and fervent prayers of what? A righteous man avails much. So when you launch that arrow, you're not just launching a little skinny thing like this. When you launch the arrows that God gives you, you're launching cruise missiles. You're launching nuclear warheads. You're launching weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So I'm going to close with this, and I want you to say this set of verses with me, because I believe this is a great spiritual declaration. This is found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. Everybody see that? It says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Let's pray. Father God, you're so good to us. You're so, 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 so good to us, God. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you adoration. We thank you, Father God, for your, your great, great love for us that you sought us out. You didn't wait for us to come to you. You sought us out. You touched coals to our lips. You paid the ultimate price that we could come to you, that we, that we could know you. Lord, there's so much more. Lord, I pray for that Holy Spirit of boldness to rise up in us, that in whatever we set our hand to do, whatever we say, wherever we go, that we would light it up, we would light up, that we would shine like stars in the night sky, that the darkness be dispelled, that the Spiritual atmosphere would be changed forever. You are good. And we thank you, Lord, for your, you are the God of our salvation. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray, work in our hearts that we keep our lamp full of you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You're most welcome. May we, and by your grace and by your Holy Spirit, burn brighter and brighter and brighter and live into the life that you've called us to that we may be like we read this morning in Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are as bold as a lion. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name.